Nathan, do you know what I recently just opened after returning to Canada? Tell me, what did you recently just open? I opened my much anticipated new shipment from our sponsor today, ah. which is elmoyouthsoccer.com. And I don't uh, know if you've ever heard of those, tell but me. I had two amazing jerseys waiting for me. One was the Paul Scholes jersey from 1999 in the Champions League final, which he didn't play, wow. I know. Doesn't and then matter. the other one was the Ajax, Three Little Birds, Bob Marley collaboration. Wow. And how did you find the and quality? It was outstanding. But was you know what actually made me... Yeah. You know what actually made me happier? What? Knowing that I didn't pay, overpay for them. Oh my God, bro. You should do these more often. Tell me more, bro. <laughs> How come you didn't overpay well, for them? Why not? Okay, so not only does ElmontUSoccer.com give you a great, great price on all already amazing jerseys, mm -hmm. but over here at TJW, we'll give you another discount at checkout. If you just use the promo code TJW10, wow. you will save, as you guessed it, 10% discount on your car. You're and kidding. I did, and it was outstanding. Bro, we got some nice guys over there at the Jersey Wall Podcast, eh? I think so. They're looking out for the little guy like us. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, man, being on this end of the ad read for a change, I love it. Like what, I feel blown <laughs> away. I, I can only imagine our audience each and every week hearing this stuff and going, wow, this is the place that I got to go. ElmontYouthSoccer.com. The link is in the description. Be like Mina, be like so many others, millions and millions and millions of people who have used the promo code TJW10 at checkout over at ElmontYouthSoccer.com. Start building your very own Jersey Wall collection. Make it for your, your fantasy team. Whatever team that it is, you want to just collect them, no matter. ElmontYouthSoccer.com is the place to go for all of the jerseys in your wildest imagination. Today's episode of the podcast, we're going to tell you who the 2021 Team of the Year is. We hope you enjoy. snowing badly when the balcony has about like half a meter of snow Dude, in it honest to god when i was shoveling and, and not everyone will know this right because we have a we have an international audience so not everyone will, mm -hmm. will understand or appreciate what this actually is like for you i'd imagine it's marginally worse because you haven't had to deal with this for a little while all right so long but so long this is the kind of snow that makes even canadians forget how terrible snow is like I opened my garage door to just a wall of snow. And I looked at my car and I'm like, how much weight is it? And so while I'm, I'm shoveling, I'm shoveling and I'm like, did you look at your car? Or did you look at where you thought your car was, but you I let, see yeah. it, from it ended up being a snowbank. It wasn't even my car. I was like, where did my yeah. car go? How many cars do we have in this driveway? <laughs> so I start, you know, shoveling and honestly, it's more of an algebra problem, right? Because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, here's the mass of things, Right. And I have to put them elsewhere, but how do I get it there? So it's I had to start distribution with, problem. It's, it's massive, right? So I started with the walkway, right? I started with the walkway. That way I could clear out what's in front of the cars because I can't just start with what's in front of the cars because I got nowhere to put it. So I have to start out yep. wide, right? Clear it out, clear it out, then move from the middle, clear it out, clear it out. And my, my walkway surface is, is uneven, all right? And I've known that for some time, but it has never been more clear to me than today when every time I was trying to shovel snow, it hit, it hit the freaking <laughs> divots and I wasn't getting under the snow. Dude, I can't even begin to tell you how mad I was until I looked up to see 
two feet of snow on top of my roof too and thinking uh, if this oh falls no. i'm not i'm not doing this again like under no circumstances am i doing this again so this snow is either going to have to like stay there forever or evaporate because if it falls and gets off the roof that's it bro the, like there's just utter chaos and i feel like and I'm going to vent here because you live in an apartment and you don't have to deal with this, but you can like look from the hierarchies from the heavens and say, haha, look at all those stupid people down there. I was one of those. Listen, th- I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I was actually, oh, I felt ribble. really, really bad. I was thanking God that I didn't have to deal with it, but I was not laughing. Let me tell you, because I know how difficult and how annoying and frustrating it is because in my first winter here, in my first ever winter as, uh, in Canada, yeah. I experienced what they were calling the worst winter for 40 years in Canada. So that was a great welcome introduction to, yeah. my, uh, to my introduction here. But yeah, I, I don't miss it. I'll tell you that much. No, and I need people to understand, like, it's easy to, because I, I like to be theatrical. I like to be dramatic. I like to tell stories. So it's often easy to say, oh, Nathan, king of the hyperbole. You know, he's, he's telling the story just- There's to, no exaggeration the, today. There is literally no exaggeration today. When I tell you I spent two full hours- shoveling my driveway and getting the text message this morning from my boss saying like, Hey, don't worry. It's off. I'm like, <laughs> that was a very nice text message to wake up to. I'll be honest. But then, oh, of course. you know, you, you sleep in and then you think to yourself, okay, I got to time it. Cause I don't want to have to shovel the driveway twice. Right. And some people do They're like, Oh, I'll shovel mm. every hour and I'll just get a little bit and I'll get a little bit. But it, it had been, it had been snowing at this point for 12 hours. Right. So I'm like, okay, if I go out and start, I can either like wait till later in the day and then just do everything all together, or I can go now and be kind to my mother who will then probably shovel the snow a little bit later, but it'll only be whatever's fallen in the subsequent two hours, right? Which isn't very much, right? right? I would have got the 14 hour bulk of it. And I felt like Francis Ngannou, all right? Proper workout. Let me tell you why, all right? Francis Ngannou, UFC World Heavyweight Champion, his origin story was that in he would work in sand mines in Cameroon, shoveling sand into cargo trucks. And that's all he would do for 12 hours a day, every single day. So you Yikes. look at him and he's like the most. No, that makes sense. He's the scariest athlete that you've ever seen because he that looks like sense. he was made out of brick, out of, mar- out, of, out of, you know, the insert out of vibranium, quite frankly, right? There's not a, there's not a <laughs> substance hard enough. It has to be made up to, to even justify what it looks like he's made out of. But this is how he got that. Me shoveling snow. I'm like, okay, this is the worst, the worst, because it's not like it was very heavy, but then every time you throw it up or away, the wind would blow it the back wind. onto you. <laughs> See, but oh what would you God. rather do? Because I'd rather do that than shovel snow in Cameroon. Snow in Cameroon would be a hell of a thing. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, so I mean, I, I would think so too, because at least I'm protected and I'm covered. See, I couldn't even imagine shoveling sand in Cameroon. 50 but, degree know, weather. Yeah, that'd be horrible, man. And it, like slushy sand too. Ugh. You're barefoot. You're no, sure. I, I couldn't be able to do that. No, that, that stuff is heavy. At least this is fluffy snow. But this was and my yeah, workout today. A little oh. bit. My goodness. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Why Francis Ngannou looks like this. I recorded a video of my sister because I told her, because basically, you know, I got to take charge, right? So I went out there. I started yeah. shoveling and I, I explained to her how we're going to do it. And I'm complaining the whole time. But, you know, that's what you got to do, right? You got to let it out. Otherwise, it just stays inside you. It builds up. Can't have that either. Mm-hmm. And so I said to her. Maya, here's what you're going to do. You're not going to like it, all right, as I'm shoveling around the cars. Now, my shovel is wide, right? It's about two feet wide. And so it's not as wide as the distance between the two cars, which means I can't shovel between the two cars. Right. right? So I told her, I'm like, Maya, listen, here's what you're going to do. You're wearing boots. You're wearing a snowsuit. You're wearing uh, snow pants. You're wearing a hat and gloves. 
and the dis like the snow between the two cars is the height of the two cars. So it's proper like four and a half feet here has fallen between this because she's she's pushed all the all she cleared off all the snow onto on the, the ground, cars yeah. onto the ground, which is now in the middle. That's why I can't get through that, right? My I'm not gonna start shoveling at four or five feet in the air. It's gonna be impossible, <laughs> right? So I said, Maya, you're gonna run through it. And, and she's like to move the car? she's like, What? No, no, there's no moving the car because oh, just, you, you just can't run. move the car. You're gonna have to just run through the snow to just push it out of the, between the two cars because there's no like other option. The husky running through the... Yeah, so I told... So she looks at me. She she kind of looks around. She's like, okay, I'll do it. And then I record this video and it looked like it was just straight out of Jackass, right? Where she's just like, boom, and just hits the snowbank and then just tries to push through it. And she must have run through it 10 times just to try to push it all out because once it got to a low enough thing, then I can start to, to actually push it out. But dude... You just needed to agitate the little wall of snow. That's just it. And, and where it. I am in my complex is that we're at the back. So this <clears> is where when they when they plow the the roads, all of the snow ends up in front of our house. So they need to like... It's low-key a blessing though. I mean, if you're five and you like playing in a snowbank, but no, otherwise... But, no, but I mean, you have somewhere to put the excess snow. Your neighbors don't. You know what mm, I mean? Like, you know mm, that little mm. grassy area next to your house? Right. Like, yes, they should actually plow it a little bit closer to the edge, but they don't. Yeah. But you have somewhere to put the snow. That's true. Well, and I looked at my neighbor. Well, I mean, I, technically everybody has at least some amount of property, even if it's little, that they can just stack it onto there. Yeah. But I felt bad because I didn't want to not shovel my neighbor's driveway. But at the same time, this is three feet of snow, right? Like, I'm not going to show. I can't, I can't just <laughs> do everybody. I can't themselves. just do every. Yeah, yeah no. you know what I mean? Like if my, if it was a 97-year-old woman who lived next to me and 97 is the cutoff, 85, don't want to hear it. You can do it, oh, right? 96, 96, come on. You still got it. <laughs> 97 years old and up. All right, I'm your man. And so my sister, she goes to me, she says, um, Nathan, you remember back in the day when you were a little kid and you used to go door to door and you'd say, hi, can we shovel your driveway for $5? That was just total just Oh, abuse. I would charge $300 no, this to was do a, it. This was abuse because this was just, total child labor laws infractions where little kids were volunteering to do like hours of work for, for no money. And we did. And today, and when she said that to me, I went, yeah, today it's $200, like an hour. Yeah. Because this is just absurd. And I can't go anywhere. Like, by the way, there's nowhere to go. I cannot leave my complex. Oh, mate. Going, um, I, I, okay. For you, those of you who don't know, I live on the 12th floor, so I can, I, I could see a, like a sizable amount of my neighborhood. Right. And, Honestly, ever since I woke up, I was just, I've been intermittently throughout the day just staring outside my window and seeing how people are going on. People can't get into their streets, let no. alone get out of their driveways. There's like there's the guy, there's a guy that arrived this morning and he literally was stuck in front of his driveway driveway trying to park in his driveway for half an hour just trying to clear the snow around. There was another guy with a with a, a snowblower, yeah. but it was your average run-of-the-mill snowblower. And, and it, it was fully covered. <laughs> Nature fully <beat> covered <laughs> by snow. Like it wouldn't. It won't, only the spout where the snow gets blown out. Yeah, that yeah. was the only thing sticking out. It was like That's kind of so a submarine funny. going through the snow. It was like. That's funny. It was cutting some crisp lines though. But oh, he had to go dude. over it several times. One hundred percent. Because it would not. It would not work. No. I was looking at that and I thought, if I tried, to, if I even tried to get out of my neighborhood, I would die because. The snow exceeds my <laughs> exhaust pipe, which means that the 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 carbon wouldn't be able oh, to leave crap. my car. So I would yeah. I would literally euthanize myself just trying to drive away. So 
I'm fully trapped in my house today. And, and we're going to move on to the discussion of today. But this is a proper, like, not even like a bro talk rant. This is just, let me just get something off my chest here. Because bro talks are usually more animated and disgusting. I have to, uh, yeah. This is I just Nathan upset about Shout something. out Daria, though. So shout out anyone Dominic. who worked on Night Shift. Because she, what, 15-minute drive from work took her two hours to get home. Because that was, honestly, like, she left... She had to park outside because there was no parking inside. Took half an hour to leave the hospital. Oh my Took god! Took half an hour to get into her own street and then and then like go home two hours later. So shout out to all uh, night shift workers, anybody working in like an Amazon fulfillment uh, center. This so was uh, prime orders or whatever. This was a government conspiracy, eh? This was how do we trap the nurses in yeah. the hospital so they don't have to go home? This was like let's <laughs> get more out of them. Yeah, we're gonna dump all the snow. They in partner the world with there. Jeff Bezos so that people can't leave the world. <laughs> But this was absurd because this was like a level of nature just defeating people. I I do not know one person who went to work today. I know that if you worked at the school, it was just, it became a remote day, right? Like unless mm. it was canceled altogether. My mom just worked remotely from home there. My dad was like, yeah. sorry, nowhere to go. Can't leave, right? Yeah. I, I don't know one single person who worked today. So if you did... Congra- no, or if you work from you home, guys. it's cheating, right? If you work, not if you work from home. No, if you, you, think if you left We're your working house from home too. Come on, and you bro. worked. Yeah, if you had to leave yeah. your house in this, in the GTA specifically, where it snowed, I don't want you to be like, oh, bro, yeah, it was so bad. I got like freaking four inches of snow out there. Shut up. We had proper three feet of snow. I've never worked harder. And, I, and it's years of practice. I used to live at a different house where the driveway was bigger and I would shovel that. But this was this was worse. This yeah. had to be like the the highest I've ever seen snow piled. Anyway. The volume, yeah. yeah, the sheer mass of, of snow here. Anyway, are we are we? Do you want to talk about anything but snow? I no, it it has completely taken over everybody's conversations. It for has, the bro. Next like week, there's not even like COVID to talk about anymore. Like today no. was the first time in like two full years that the news was like, all right, forget all that. Can we just talk about this freaking <laughs> weather? Because it in shut Canada us down as well. Because it's not. It's no, not this was like red deer for us weather. to get a lot of snow. This yeah. is like how much snow is packed in those little clouds? Can we stop? No, no kidding. And every time, and this was funny, because every time I'd heard about it, the, and I'm sure even just by telling it, the, the amount of snow has gone up periodically. Right? Yeah. Initially, it was like, oh, dude, we're supposed to get like 10 to 15 centimeters. Yeah, yeah, I heard we're supposed to get like between 15 and 40 centimeters. Yeah, yeah, bro, I heard meter. it was like 60 to it's 70 centimeters. Meter every snow. time you tell the story, it's more and more snow. And we will look back on this day years from now and say there were 27 feet of snow outside and we plowed our way through. <laughs> To get to school. Like, that's how we're going to tell our kids. You know, all, oh, all totally. parents make up those yeah, stories, we right? Walked. We, we walked. walked we school. walked. It was minus 40 outside. There was 27 feet of snow. We, we were all, it was a proper avalanche. Anyway, that's all that. All that in a bag of chips, dude. Welcome back, Mina, to freaking Canada. Welcome, everybody, to episode oh, yeah, number true. 126 of the Jersey Wall podcast. And yes, we keep going. Snow days don't apply when you got the world's best podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. That is our just domestic correspondent now, a little bit, you know, less interesting, I'd say. I think he's lost part of himself, I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Mina's back. He's a little bit more well-traveled, but he's back in the great white north, and we're happy to have him here. Brethren, welcome back to the show and to this beautiful country. How you doing, dude? It's great to be back. I would have liked it to be open, but it's great to be back for now. Oh, dude. So we'll yeah, see. don't get it. Between lockdown and, like, there couldn't be more of a message, of a message to stay at home. Yeah. This was God's yeah, no lockdown. Stay at home. Home. Yeah. You're not gonna listen? Okay. <laughs> Condemn you with all the snow in the world. Today, guys, we are going to talk about um 
the team of the year, the 2021 team of the year. And honestly, this wasn't our plan for today because it's proper like 17 days into January. We probably could have done this a little bit early, but because we do the show, you know, every single week, the weeks passed, we had other stuff to talk about in previous weeks. And honestly, I have no regrets. But today it occurred to me, you know what? Why don't we talk about some of what we remember from last year? And I'll be completely honest. Recency bias plays a memory in this. So if I'm going totally. to pitch an argument for somebody who had a really good first half of the year, and you tell me someone who had a really good last half of the year, it's more likely, it's only natural, that we would include somebody who had a better last half than first half because we just easily forget what happened in the first half. Mm -hmm. What I tried to do is objectively look at who had the best years, not just in terms of statistics, but in terms of impact on the pitch. Now, part of what I noticed with, and I'm, and it's not like I've like listened to other people's team of the years, but obviously around this time of year, everybody kind of has a say on who deserves to be in the team of the year and who doesn't and who was the best player and who had great years and great seasons and all that. But we don't tend to look at objectively one calendar year. We tend to look at the seasons, right? Yeah. And so a lot of thought goes into this and there are some players who just never have, there's never a bad time to put them in a team of the year because as long as they're living and breathing, they're one of the best players in their position, if not the best. And therefore, it doesn't matter how their year was. They're just staples in the team. What I have tried to do is not take that approach. All right. So if okay. I have like a team full of hot takes or ludicrous suggestions, and you're like, dude, what are you talking about? That's why. All right. Because I'm looking at the full calendar year impact on the pitch and not just giving it based on, ah, well, it's this guy. It's like, no, here's why I think this player deserves to be on the pitch. All right. Fair enough. Some of them are no brainers. Some of them maybe require a little bit more thought and I have honorable mentions and I'm sure my team will be different than yours. So we can debate it all the way through. Right. Okay. Sound good. I'm good. I'm good to go. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let us start off uh, in net. All right. Do you want to tell me who your keeper is? I went with um, Benjamin Mendy. Shout out Joe. I think he'll, I think he'll appreciate that show. I... Benjamin Mendy, the left back in prison. Oh, not Benjamin. Edward. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Joe again. Bro, I know there are yeah, 7,000 I'm building Mendy. prison FC. Yep. I mean, listen, if there's one person who's gonna, who needs a proper defender in front of him, it's, uh, it's Benjamin <laughs> Mendy. But the goalkeeper of the year, oh, Eduard no, Edu Mendy. Mendy. Yes. Edu Mendy, yeah. That's the it, one I was going with. Tell me. Tell me more. Why? How come? He's just been the, like, obviously he had a great season. He won the, he won the Champions League. Um, and, and I think he's just been very consistent. I mm. think we're starting to see the true quality of Chelsea nowadays because mm. they're not as hot as they were last season. I think that new manager bounce was weirdly very long for them. And now okay. I think the team is playing to what we're expected for them to be because it, it, it's a little bit higher than what they did with Lampard. But overall, it's it's normal. I think this is what we can call their normal. Um, but they overachieved last season winning the Champions League. And uh, and I think he he deserved to be the best player in that competition anyway, and um, and overall throughout the season, he has been the for me the best in terms of achievement, consistency, availability, distribution, shot stopping, all of that for me. I think he's been the best. Obviously, some some keepers are starting to pick up form, but I think that's recency bias more than anything. Right. So if anyone shouts out, you know, someone like a. Uh, obviously, no one will dismiss Oblak, but I think he had a poor season for his standards last yeah. season. Mm -hmm. I think De Gea is starting to pick up form, but for again, sure. that's very recent. 
um, specifically in the start of the 2021-2022 season. Right. So overall in the last season, I'd, I'd have to go with Edouard Mendy there. All right. Um, I agree with the shouts. I also have Mendy and Ned. I want to get to that. But I, I kind of I disagree with some of what you said about Chelsea. I don't know if this is necessarily okay. their level. I think the beginning of the season was more um, a reflection on their level, especially like the, the beginning of this season, because they were all fully fit, right? Now we're seeing that they've had so many issues with some fitness injuries, and, yeah. you know, obviously things are are not going especially their way. But at the end of the day, um, Tuchel's impact upon arrival, you're right, had a massive impact on the team. The thing is, the comparison was always, okay, but is this a team for tournaments or is this a team for 38-week seasons? And it looks like, and part of 38-week seasons is being able to cope with injuries and having the, the and to be honest, Chelsea have a lot of quality They're in depth. They're a very deep right? squad, though. It's just that in they got Liverpool syndrome, right? They got afflicted in the same positions. And then, yeah. so if you're going to get played through in midfield where you only have two midfielders on the pitch, right? Because you play in a fourth, in a, in a 3-4-3, three, three, while, you know, some problems can start to occur, Right. Now, mm-hmm. the other problem for them, as we know, is is goal scoring not coming from their offensive players. But a lot of them have had, you know, I won't even mention Lukaku. We all know what happened with him. But just in terms of impact of COVID impact on the players or um, the difference in rotations or different injuries. So I don't know if I would be willing to say, you know, that Chelsea as a whole are now performing more to their level. Because I think, obviously, it's it's clear that they've been super, super affected by injuries. But on the note of Mendy in particular, I agree. I think Mendy has been the best keeper over the last 12 months. And, you know, the the other shout across Europe, like, and I'm not sure if he actually won the, the like, player of the year in some other debates, but it was Donnarumma, right? Wasn't yeah. this for the Ballon d'Or ceremony? He won, like, the... I think so. He won something like that? Yeah, I think Mendy was snubbed. He was, he was a proper snub. This was terrible. Like, I don't think Donnarumma having a good half a season at, at Milan and then winning the Euro, terrific accomplishment, and then moving to be a rotation piece with PSG because he plays sometimes and other times he doesn't because Navas is still a very, very high-quality keeper. You can't tell me that, that that in and of itself, just because they won the Euro, is enough to make Donnarumma a bigger standout than Mendy has been over the last 12 months. I just, I'm not willing to hear that argument. I understand that you can make it and you can say, well, he won silverware, but you know, um, Mendy won the champions league. Right. So what do you value more for me personally? Because Italy won it. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Not willing to entertain that discussion. No, that one's just a joke, but um, I think Mendy has had a more impactful season. And I know Joe, I think Joe, it goes beyond a little bit, just um, the, the club bias. I think it's just proper, you know, you don't like to throw terms or accusations around. But Mendy being who he is and and his story and his not necessarily like being the superstar that some other keepers are, I think has impacted him. But on the pitch, he was the reason that Chelsea had so many clean sheets and picked up so many points because there were times when their defense was scoring a lot of goals, but we're not doing him any favors defensively, right? Absolutely. And he kept them in games. And yeah. so when you combine the Champions League trophy with how much of an impact he's had on the pitch in net, for me, no-brainer. Mendy deserves to be the keeper of the year. Fair. No arguments here, man. Boom. No arguments here. All Are right. Moving over to right back or left back. Well, you know, I, know I like we to do go this left in to right. Different orders. Yeah, we like to go left. Yeah. I like to go left to right. I think it's. I honestly think it's because of Arabic, right? I, like, I, it has to be. I, right? I genuinely think that's the reason. I agree with you. I think that's exactly it. But now I look at it left to right, and to be honest, I think we'll have more of a discussion for left back than we do right back. But then again. 
I, I would be surprised if we didn't have the same fullbacks. Okay. All right. We can start it right back. I'll let you you lead the dance. Tell me, because I think there's only one name here, right? Is it Ashraf Hakimi? That's no. who I went with, to be what? honest. What? You're crazy. I think what are you I talking about? Go with, Why? I was going to go with Kyle Walker. Um, what about Trent? Again, recent. What, what he, His start to 2021 wasn't great. He was no, 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 no. That's the, the opposite. He it was the start to it was the start to the season of that se- of 2020 uh, 2021 wasn't great. But the second half, like as of Christmas, he really started to turn it on. And if, then this season, he's been fantastic. Okay, if I'm mistaken on that, then yes, I would absolutely agree because he started this season phenomenally well. Yeah, I just couldn't remember if he had overcome that little spell. Yeah you know, starting January 2021. Right. But if so, then then yeah. I just went, with, I was considering Kyle Walker and, and Hakimi and and you could tell, like I fully didn't even consider him yeah. for that anyway because I didn't think that he had overturned it yet. So That's a bit of a surprise I, to me, the to be two, honest. I went with Hakimi. Listen, no, but, I'm not, I'm not yeah, going I'll just, to... I'll stick to Hakimi. I'm not here to to destroy Walker. Hakimi, I I don't fully agree on that. I'd, be, I'd love to hear some more. So tell me why you'd pick Hakimi, maybe not over Trent, but just enough to entertain the, the discussion. Because for me, I think it's a pretty clear argument for Trent. Um, but I would like to give you the chance to say, no, here's why it's Hakimi. Over Trent, if... Yeah, so I, if I'm mistaken with 2021, which it, it seems like I am, but uh, over... I wouldn't argue with him for him over Trent, but I would argue with him over... Um, over Walker, and that's because in Italy, obviously, he was playing phenomenally well in that Conte system yep. and doing really well, earning himself a big move. That's for sure. Um, to PSG, however, um, I think that he would deserve to be in in you know the right back of the season for 2021. If you know, uh, like neglecting Trent for the reasons that we stated, not only right. is it because he won the league, but I think he performed consistently throughout the yep. year. Yes, he's dipped with PSG, but their whole market has not. You know, market business has not gone to plan, and you know, that's for sure. That probably penalizes him a little bit, right? Yeah, that I mean, that's a fair argument. Like, I, I could understand why someone would be a fan of Hakimi, and you know, we're big fans of, of Ashraf Hakimi on the show. I just think that there's no argument to be made against Trent because of how yeah. good his 2021 was, right? We look at that's when fair. he started to pick up form was in the second half of last season. Right, because in the first half of the season he had kind of slumped a little bit, but as of the second half of the season he was delivering consistently. He's the first fullback, the first. Uh, it could be in England or the first English fullback. I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure which one it is, but to register over ten assists in three consecutive years for a right back, which is absurd. Right, we know how mm. important he is to Liverpool and Klopp's system, and when you combine that with the fact that he was such, you know, an important member of the team for England as well, who reached the final. Right, yeah. Then, well, I don't think he started. Was I don't know. Though. You know, I was think he, it was Walker and 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 um and uh, Trippier. I don't think Trippier? he started that many games for for England. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, it's really. Why do yeah. I? Why am I misremembering this? Probably because England has Listen, seventeen thinking, right backs. Yeah, you're thinking about Gareth Southgate playing Trent because it makes sense. I he yeah. doesn't. <laughs> According no, I feel like sense. he was there. Why do I remember him having big moments? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was more, it was more Trippier and, and Kyle Walker. All right, that does sound more like a Garrett Southgate, Southgate thing. Yeah. But uh, tr- nonetheless, being part of that England team that reached, even if it's only being part of the team that reached the final without winning it, 
his impact for Liverpool alone should be should be enough to make him the standout contender. And then for England being part of the team that reached the final, I think that that's another just feather in his cap. Even if he didn't necessarily, you know, wasn't one of the, the starting members. But I think you're right. Yeah, England wasn't what we wanted them to be because we had all these ideas no, of how they yeah. could play, and they went no. Nah. Remember, it was like Sancho, Rashford, and and Trent and Saka. They weren't, or no, Saka was starting, but those those guys and Grealish and um, Bellingham, they weren't really starting that many games. No, he played Rice and Phillips together every game, and you're like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> play freaking yeah. play Bellingham or somebody. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Get it moving on from that. I think Trent, uh, just based on output alone for Liverpool, should be enough to make him the contender here because I think he's only gotten better and I think he's well recovered from the the slump period that he was in. And now I look at him as as unrivaled, right? Now I think yeah. and it's funny because I would still say, Why aren't you the starting right back for England? But England have fifty thousand right backs. So he'll always have some more competition there. Um as for, we can do left back and then we'll do center backs as a pairing, like we tend to do with our rebuild. Cool. Who is your left back, your 2021 left back of the year? Joao. I went with Joao Cancelo. I don't think there's really an argument for anyone else. Yeah, it had to be. I, I think so too. Listen, I said with Cancelo, like, you know, Cancelo plays as a fullback and he's registered as a right back because he can play either of, the, of those positions. But he plays yeah. primarily off the left because City play with Walker at right back, right? And you don't really have that many options at left back anyway. Right. But he's been absurd. He's been yeah. absurd there. He's like a playmaking left back. He plays as a 10 in game sometimes, right? Like you see the way yeah, that he moves he up the pitch and he's not just staying at left back and providing crosses and stuff. He's moving into midfield. He's getting forward. Mm-hmm. He's scoring goals with, with either feet. He's got millions of assists, right? He's assisting with the outside of his right, with his Creates left. so many his balls over the top well, yeah. are absurd. Like, he's a proper number 10 playing at left back. And the fact is, he eight, won't six, always. Whatever. Whatever position. And he's not always going to play at fullback because, you know, I, I mean, in Pep's system, it almost doesn't matter what your position is on the team sheet, right? Everybody's yeah, so a, fluid. position changes. The yeah. only ones who really stick to their positions are the center backs and Rodri. Everyone else is kind of just pretty fluid, right? They move <laughs> Well, even Ederson, bro. Ederson, Ederson <laughs> wants to be anywhere but in his own net. He's like, please, bro, let me play in midfield. I want to be out there so bad. <laughs> but Cancelo doing what he's doing, if you wanted to give it to a more pure left back, you could hear arguments for like, okay, but put Cancelo no, as I'm a right back. I'm not having any arguments. No, you no, can't. Here's, here's no, a hypothetical. Here's a hypothetical. Not over Cancelo in the team. Saying Cancelo being so good in every position that he plays, could he be a right back over Trent? And then saying is somebody like, let's say, Alfonso Davies more deserving of being in the team of the year than Trent? Doesn't matter. You don't think so? You don't think Alfonso no. Davies is more It deserving? doesn't matter. And I'm that not making that argument. To me, I agree. I, I kind of understand what you're saying, but the argument isn't, let's move Cancelo to right back and see who else can fit in on the left, which is not the same as what you're saying. But, how, but essentially, it is, when you boil it down to that, that's what it is. It's like trying to fit someone else in because they're little bit better than your starting right back which would have been trent in this here's the thing traditionally i agree with that argument i agree with that argument especially when it comes to forwards when we say oh we'll play the striker at left winger and then we'll just play this other striker there that i i i we see that a lot and the point that you're making relates more to that but for cancelo because he plays as both i'm more willing to entertain that discussion because it's not like it's not like in years past when you said okay 
Um, who do we need to fit in the team of the year? Oh, Sergio Ramos, but he's not going to be a center back. And Philip Lom's going to be the right back. So Sergio Ramos is our left back in the team of the year. That doesn't work because he never, ever no, plays but, left you back. Know, the reason, Cancelo the reason plays I'm left not, and right back. I get that. But mainly, he's a left back. Well, he's primarily, Mainly, deplo- but not for Portugal, right? For Portugal, he plays right back, right? For right, but percentage for City, of games internationally versus, you know. But if we're looking at percentage of games, Alfonso he's Davies plays left plays back right for, wing for Canada. Or striker, bro. He, play, he plays everywhere for Canada, right? Like, but, he's not a striker. But, Alf- but Alfonso back. Davies, I, I hear what you're saying, primarily plays left back. But on the pitch for Bayern, he's playing at left back. João Cancelo, on the pitch, you don't look at him and go, oh, there's your left back. You look at him and go, oh, where's he playing? Number eight? Like he's playing everywhere. And sometimes he's either playing on the right or he's playing on the left, but he's off, he's often operating way higher than traditional fullbacks would and not as wide, right? The wingers are playing wide. He's playing in like a, a proper eight spot. It's not his style. So I, I, don't I would be more willing would, to, to say he could play if we wanted to have a discussion about whether or not Alfonso Davies should be in the team of the year ahead of Trent. I'm not making that argument. I'm just saying hypothetically, I would be okay with moving Cancelo to right back because if we're looking at the amount of games played, he probably plays maybe 40% of the games that he plays at right back, which is still a pretty high number, right? I get it. I understand what you're saying. It's just not the approach I would take. All right. That's fair. That's fair. And I, I understand that. I'm just, yes, I would like to present that argument forward to say, if we want to have traditional positions for our team of the year, then we can make an argument that maybe there's a better left back playing left back than Cancelo is. But I don't think there's a better fullback alive today than Joao Cancelo. Okay. That's what it boils down to. Even even Trent. I don't think anybody's a better fullback than Cancelo because Cancelo plays every other position. He's absurd. Anyway, moving on to the center backs. I have a center back partnership here and both of them play in England. Okay. Are are they Diaz and Rudiger? They are Diaz and Rudiger. That's exactly That's exactly my, my partnership as well. Is it? All right. Tell me why. How come? Uh, obviously, Diaz has been outstanding. Uh, he yeah. was outstanding last season. He continues to be. But I think it's only fair that we also mention that he had a pretty average Euros. Like, he didn't look great in that either. Um, and he didn't do too much uh-huh. that was special enough. It's just his season, his club season, was too outstanding that no one else was better than me. No one else. I yeah. just think that he, the team itself, like with Portugal, wasn't... Like the the performances weren't great, and well, he wasn't great. Portugal were underwhelming. Anyway. I don't know if I don't know if I exactly. would put that on him. Um, I wouldn't lobby that at his responsibility. It's just a symptom, or or you know, a characteristic that comes with. Yeah, it, it's an unavoidable. It's yeah, it's unavoidable. Yeah. You have to look at you know how his team did because he was an actual staple in the team. I just yeah. don't necessarily blame him for Portugal's shortcomings. I'm not saying you do. I'm not just me. saying that yeah. I don't know if I would hold that against him in any argument because. Portugal not delivering was not because uh, because Diaz was was underwhelming. It was because of a million different reasons, primarily yeah. with Fernando Santos, right? Yeah, primarily falls on the feet in the manager. Yeah. But, you know, not not necessarily his fault. Now, as an actual player across Europe for club competitions, I think he was the best defender in Europe last season. And he no, won no the one, best no defender award. He won every yeah, best no defender award that there is, right? He was the best. The way that he just completely turned City around uh, to stabilize the back line, it was like, Oh, there's no more concerns about whether or not City are going to concede here. Cause and it's not gonna be well, can City out can score what they, you know, outscore what they concede. It just went away. It was like, no, no, Diaz yeah. is gonna be the captain, the leader, and City are just not gonna concede and they're gonna score a million goals. 
And he is a massive part of that, just like company used to be when company was here. Absolutely. Right? Like City Absolutely. have to, having to have lost. that world beating captain is imperative yeah. to their success. And I know they they were successful even, you know, as as those players started to dwindle before Diaz came in. But you can see the difference on the pitch that he makes. He was the it's reason. Absurd. Yeah. Yeah. He was the reason because before, you know, before he actually started to find his feet, uh, City did not go on that unbeaten run. And nope. I think United was top. So when he found his form, the rest of the team found its form and you went on that. Uh, 21 games unbeaten or yeah. 21 wins i mean uh and uh and he ended up delivering the title and i think he was the, the most integral piece of that team and that's why and i think similarly rudiger um delivered key performances to chelsea week in week out regardless of the competition and he continues to and they're now looking at you know a situation where he he won't be offered a new contract and uh, he's going to be allowed to walk out i think Oh, you say that as an insider. Do you have some kind of inside exclusive? Not here? as an insider. It's just I. That's those have just been what's flowing around the internet. Ah, see, I've been reading some different rumors. Now, I will say that I think Rudiger. I think he's the only other option here. Like, I really don't see another defender who. And yeah, you could say, oh, well, what what about these other defenders? As I said when I kicked off before saying any players in my team, I am not going for the argument that this is player is always a good player. And therefore, it's never a bad time to, to include him in the team of the year. I'm going for who had objectively the best 2021. Yeah. Rudiger fits the bill. He was the second best defender, right? Totally. His transformation under Tuchel was absurd, right? Where he just became a monster in the system. And that's what I was speaking to a lot last week, right? When I was talking about potential future destinations for him. I think that his impact on the team has been nothing short of remarkable considering what he was under Lampard was nowhere near the same player, right? He's elevated as part of the, as part of the system and as part of what Tuchel has, has wanted him to do. He helped deliver the champions league. He took the Bruyne out, which hurt, hurt a lot. Can't lie about that, but his impact on the pitch has been remarkable. And not only for the second half of the season when Tuchel came in, but for the first start of, for the first half of the season too, right? Nothing, none of Chelsea's problems are because of him. He, if anything, he's a yep. difference maker in helping them succeed. And so I think, you know, you look at some other names that have been suggested to it, like some, some people said Bonucci. Okay, Italy won the Euro, I get it. But Bonucci has not had a great year, right? Juve mm-hmm. have not been successful. And I don't know any other defender in Europe. Please, like, present to me another argument. I don't even have other names as alternatives Van Dijk doesn't here. deserve to be there. No. Um, David Alaba maybe has been very consistent. He's always but consistent, right? But he think... hasn't had a better yeah. year than, than Rudiger has. Exactly. No one has. Nobody, even even as part of other city defenders, right? You could say John Stones or had even a other great Chelsea partnership. Defenders. Like yeah. you're looking in the Champions League finalist there. Like exactly, Thiago Silva doesn't deserve to be there over Rudiger and I don't no one. So. Else. I mean, certainly Christensen or Aspilicueta don't. No, but it's it's him. It is him. He's the man. And both With of these the guys mask are over it. Yeah. Oh my God. Rudiger with the face mask, dude. Batman Rudiger, yeah. Batman Rudiger is a proper problem. Ain't nobody scoring on him. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the former like world beater center backs that we think about, you know, maybe Marquinhos or Kimpembe have have been very very solid. I would I would listen to those because Marquinhos is an unbelievable player. Played in midfield a lot, right? Kimpembe has been he's he's really ascended to so another level. America final. <laughs> yeah, he's ascended to another level. PSG super underwhelming, right? Like. Yeah. There's all, it seems like there's a caveat to a lot of other uh, potential names or candidates, except for with these two. There's no other arguments. It's like, oh, no, there's no cons. There's no flaws. There's just like, Absolutely. here's the reason why they should be. I have nothing to offer as to why they shouldn't be. Yeah, the, <clears throat> it, it can't be argued. No. And so that, 
for me, uh, rounds out kind of the the back line here, right? So in net, Mendy at right back, I have Trent. Uh, then Rudiger and Diaz are the center back partnership with Joao Cancelo at left back. So largely, a, well, for me, largely a Premier League back five. For you, it's a total Premier League back five. Right, yeah, because you have Hakimi over Trent. Now, other are there other shouts to be made for defenders? Like, should Reese James get a shout? Reese James should get a shout over form, like when he when he was right. last playing. But he shouldn't get he shouldn't be anywhere near the team. You don't think so? No one. No, I don't think so. See, I don't want to be overly critical on recency bias here, where he's been injured now, because you remember he was absolutely tearing it up too. All of last season for Chelsea, he was an unbelievable player down the flank, and then this season he was their highest goal like involvement player, and he was playing a right back, right? So There's I think he does deserve my pick, right, Hakimi. But because I forgot about you know Trent thought to <laughs> good true. form, yeah. There's no there's no argument. There's no argument. All right, I just wanted Sorry. to give him a shout. So Chelsea fans, no one can say that I didn't at least give Reese James a shout there because I think that he has had a really good year. But when we look at some of the other fullbacks, I don't think injuries anybody, suck, man. Yeah, injuries do play a part. Um, moving on to midfield. Now this is the time when I think we should outline our formations. All right. Because we both had a black four, so it wasn't Probably really that four, big three, a deal. Three. You have a four three three. I have a, a yeah. narrow four four two. So four one two one two. I have four midfielders and then two two forwards. See, and this is where it's going to yeah. get controversial. I, I would like to do that, but my forward three doesn't allow for it. All right, that's fair. My mine does because I omitted some insanely good attacking players, and this is where I think I'm going to get a lot of heat. But I don't care because I'm giving the proper shouts for midfielders, bro. I'm. I have a good midfield, and we'll just wait to see who who uses different. With, I, I with know. my when you were when you were talking about you know shoehorning an attacker into that front three, I'm I did that because there's no way I could get this guy out of my team. There's I'm, no I'm actually I'm surprised, but okay. Let, let's well, let's, let's talk let's, about the midfield. Let's first, get there yeah. when we get there. Um, in defensive midfield, who do you have? Kante. And Golo freaking Kante. Absolutely. There's no other... Thank name. you. Moving along. No, there no but he needs to get... I, it's not that I want to discuss other names because I don't think anybody can challenge N'Golo Kante here, to be honest. But I do want to talk about... And we'll we'll give the honorable mentions for all Easy, of the like field man at the of the end. match in all but one <clears throat> of the knockout games in, in the Champions League to help Chelsea to win the Champions League or the reason, especially a man of the match in the final, that alone deserves some recognition. I think N'Golo Kante is the reason that Chelsea won the Champions League, right? He was just the yeah. best player every time they played. And and it was because of him that no other teams could do anything in midfield. He no, single-handedly he was he was won the midfield battles in them, every yeah. game. And I know that, you know, France didn't have the greatest Euro. I don't hold him accountable for that. Because no. honestly, I think his impact in the Champions League and the fact that he's such a consistent player, and I know he's been plagued with injuries too. I don't think there's another defensive midfielder who you could make an argument for to say, and listen, I'm a City fan. Rodri's been unbelievable this year too. Rodri's been unbelievable. Rodri does Rice not have the kind year. of impact on the games that in, that N'Golo Kante does. He has a very different role, right? Rodri lives yeah. in the shadows, right? He plays, he's cutting passing lanes. He's playing short passes. He unlocks a lot of what City are able to do. And I will give him the respect where he deserves because I don't, I think few players can do that, right? The Busquets role, right? The yeah. point is to not, to not get the glory. But when you have that player playing in that system who gets all the glory, there, there's, 
it's so hard to argue against, right? But it's and, noticeable as well because he does things that, like, he gets back into positions where you don't think he's going to get back into them. Yeah. And he cuts so many of the counterattacks just by himself, whereas you don't notice Busquets because he's cutting off passing lanes. He's right. not allowing, he's suffocating your options and yeah. you don't notice that until it's gone. Right. Or until, I, I guess, you mature a little bit and rewatch it. Right. But... Kante, it's so noticeable that he just, you physically can't overpower him. You can't get anywhere near him. You can't allow him to get near you because he'll take the ball off you. It's, yeah. it's on, like he's just a, a chihuahua on steroids. A pit bull. Like a pit just bull on steroids, bro. And here's the thing you know, earlier we talked about Joao Cancelo. Joao Cancelo plays every position on the pitch. But that's very different than N'Golo Kante playing every yeah, position no on the pitch. Because N'Golo Kante is in every position on the pitch over the course of 90 minutes because he covers yeah. literally every blade of grass. João Cancelo plays everywhere that you need him to. N'Golo Kante is everywhere that you need him to be. And I think when you have that kind of player and you make that distinction, beautifully put. He, you know, there, there's just no other arguments to be made. A defensive midfielder shouldn't ever steal the headlines, and he does consistently. For me... Th- for that all the right a, reasons. For all the right, for all the right reasons. Never because he was sent off. Always with a smile on his face, outworking your entire team. All right. And Golo freaking Conte, congratulations on your spot in the team of the year. Now in center mid, and I'm gonna go like center mid because I listed mine because I have four midfielders, right? So I have yeah. a DM, two center mids, and then a cam. Tell me who you have in center mid. Um. Okay, I've got. I'll say his name first, and it's Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, and obviously, hundred percent. There's no argument to be made. No, no. like that's just it, right? Like his 2021 was outstanding. Yeah, like there are a few. There are some players that when I and for me, there's always more to be said because I love to just talk and talk and talk. Kevin and I know when I said at the top of the show, some players you can't just have them in because of who they are. De Bruyne, I'm not saying that I did that with De Bruyne, but De Bruyne's almost an exception to that rule because De Bruyne is constantly there. And because he's constantly there, there's never like form versus no form versus injuries or anything else. It's just always that De Bruyne is consistently making an impact on the game, whether he's playing every single minute of every single game, whether he's coming on as a substitute, whether he has been rested for a little while, no matter what he does when he comes onto the pitch, he's... And listen, I, I've been saying Bernardo Silva is the best player and Bernardo Silva is my favorite player. But Kevin De Bruyne is on a level that's so far above literally every other midfielder on planet Earth that it's hard for me to, to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, statistically he, he's had, you know, this season he's had less assists, right? He only has one assist this season. Yeah, but look at the six goals that he scored and when he scored them, right? They're difference-making goals because Kevin De Bruyne figures out how to get the job done every time you need right. him to, right? So when you combine the clutchness with the talent, with the quality, with the fact that he got injured in the Champions League final last year, I'll never forgive Rudiger for that, by the way. <laughs> but De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the world. And so because of all the impact that he makes, statistics don't, don't necessarily matter. He's got him, but they don't matter. Who said he was the player of the year last season in the Premier League, right? I back mean, to back. That, does, that wasn't really... Bro, me, he still really got deserved. it. I know, but no. he still got it. Kevin that De Bruyne was, still gets the Premier League team. trying to give something like someone an award who has deserved it he was, for a long time. They were splitting the difference because that, that was, was his like second one. Messi winning the Ballon d'Or because it's like one. you can't, you can't like say that he was absolutely the best player in the league, but right. they gave it to him because he is the best player in the league. And I know exactly. that sentence yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, and not to mention, it just it split the difference, right? It said, yeah. okay, 
forget uh, Ruben Diaz, forget whoever else was in contention. Bruno. It's like, yeah, Bruno. Yeah. They're like, you know what? De Bruyne's still better than both of you guys. Sorry. And so De Bruyne always in terms always, of quality, yes, but in terms of what he did in the season, he didn't deserve it. But I, it is what I it think is. so. I think again, it's not always about output for him. It's about yeah having consistent, being consistently the best player when he's on the field. And few players have an ability to make an impact like him on the game, not just on the score sheet. But then he does get on the score sheet too. De Bruyne, man, what a player! What a player! Anyway, he definitely has a spot in this team. Um, another center mid for you, and this is where we're going to go our separate ways here because I don't think your last center mid pick will be. Um, one of my two options okay. because I have two players. But it, I could be wrong, so tell me who you got. Okay. I went with someone that obviously everybody loves. We love here on the Jersey Wall, and uh, I went with Joshua Kimmich because I couldn't have a team in there that doesn't have Joshua Kimmich. All right. I, Do you have Joshua Kimmich? No, I don't have Joshua Kimmich. And, and the reason, and you know I love Joshua Kimmich, but Joshua Kimmich was yeah. what I was saying when I, he was one of the names that I was omitting Yeah. saying, okay, I know he's one of the best midfielders in the world. And to be honest, he, there's a solid argument to make that he's like the second Top best <laughs> midfielder in the world, right? Like he's, yeah. he's that good. However, I can't just say, okay, well, let me ignore all these other players who had a really, really good 2021 because Kimmich is Kimmich and he's one of the best midfielders in the world. I could do that with De Bruyne because he's number one. But with Kimmich, I go, I don't know, because I got some other players who are really who had a really good 2021 in particular. And I think if we're looking objectively for the year, they had a better 2021 than you did, Mr. Kimmich, yep. right? And part of that maybe boils down to him missing games towards the end of the year because he was unvaccinated and then he got COVID and he had all these different health problems, right? Or previous to that, um, at the end of last year, you know, he's such a solid player for Bayern but he doesn't steal the headlines in the same way that Angolo Conte does at DM, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't necessarily, you know, create chances going forward. He's an unbelievable passer, but he's not that kind of impact player on the game. He's a, you'll never hear me say a bad word about him, but if we're looking at the overall t- 2021 landscape, I don't know if he was one of the best midfielders in 2021. So who is? If you say so, Jorginho. No, 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 no. Don't worry. I'll stay on the note. I'm actually, I'll move to my, to my cam and then I'll come back to center mid. Okay. Because it's important to stay on the note of Bayern. Okay. It's Thomas Muller. Yeah. All right. Thomas Muller consistently is just so underrated. He's such a, a criminally underrated player where we look at him having like 20 assists a season, almost every season. Cause he has more than 15, literally every year, not to mention getting about just as many goals. And we just he always just forget about 150 him. Bundesliga goals. Absurd, right? He's just such an inc- he's an incredibly talented and consistent player. And last year he had, and when I say last year, I mean at the, like towards the end of the last season, keeps on doing what he does, getting boatloads of assists, scoring goals when it matters, having your impact um, on the pitch, being secondary to Lewandowski because Lewandowski is going to steal all the headlines for the team anyway, right? Yeah. And then this season, what does he have? Like eight goals and fifteen assists again, just this Madness. season already. Absurd. It's it's incredible. And it's not spoken about enough. And you know that I love me some Bundesliga, but not everybody does. He has impact on the Champions League. He has an impact domestically. He has an impact when he plays for, for the national team as well. I don't think there's ever a bad time to have uh, to have Thomas Muller get a mention for Team of the Year. But yeah. I think he, he actually deserves to be in it this year. Because in years past, you could say, oh yeah, Thomas Muller deserves a shout, but these players deserve it more. Yeah. Right? I don't think anybody is more deserving of being the cam in the team of the year than than Thomas Muller this year. No, that's not a hot take. I actually I actually agree with you. Like that's a that's a okay. pretty huge show. I'm glad. Now you'll think it's a hot take when you see who I have omitted from the team, and you'll be like, 
oh man, like, but you still have Muller in? Yes. The reason is midfield impact versus offensive impact is different. The last midfielder who I have here, and this is where it's going to become a hot take here, but I don't care. All right. I was going to say Jude Bellingham. <laughs> no, I love Jude <laughs> Bellingham, but it's not Jude Bellingham. And to be honest, part of it could just be that I've included this player ahead of the notable omissions, but I'll quit beating around the bush or I'll get to it. Uh, Nicola Barella, I think, deserves a show to be in the, in the 2021 nice. team of the year because he has been the reason that every team that he's won trophies with, which is, by the way, all of the ones that he plays for, he's been the reason that they won them. Yeah. At not Inter, Jorginho, by the way. Not Jorginho. And here's where I'll make the distinction. You right? Jorginho was part of two teams that won awards. Barella yeah. was the reason two teams won awards. Now, I understand Inter weren't prolific uh, in, in Europe last season, but domestically, they kicked ass, right? Domestically, they stomped everybody, and he was the heart and soul of that team. He runs like nobody, like N'Golo Kante, he runs, right? That's how he runs. He's that kind of midfielder who's just covering every blade of grass and plays with pure passion, and he's so silky. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Morella plays with silk, and there's so few players who, who combine that work rate with the silk on the ball, but he's one of them. I think that he was, and Italy had an unbelievable midfield at the Euros, the heart and soul of the team, again. And when you're mm-hmm. the heart and soul of, of teams consistently that win trophies across 38 weeks and in tournament formats, then for me, there's no discussion to be had. Like, I can appreciate no, I, everybody I else who's... I like it. Thank, I, thank you. There are some notable omissions here, all right? Jorginho is one of them. And I, I kind of outlined there why I think Barella gets it ahead of Jorginho. Yeah. That, that's my opinion. But also ahead of Fernandez, who's more involved on the score sheet, or Bernardo, who's had this like unbelievable run of form in the last few months, right? Proving his worth. Bernardo didn't have that kind of impact at the end of last season because he wasn't playing as much for City. That's why the rumors were yeah. he was going to leave City in the summer, right? And then Bernardo doesn't click for the national team as well, probably because Fernando Santos has no idea how to get the most <laughs> out of these players, right? We know that. But Bernardo Silva, this season, you know my, my position on him. I think he's the best player in the league. I think he's the best player on the pitch every single time they play. He outplayed N'Golo Kante last week. He was the reason that they beat Chelsea, right? Like, De Bruyne got the goal. But Bernardo cleaned up in midfield the entire game. And we can, like, talk about that game at another time. But Bernardo yeah. has so much impact on the pitch. But it hasn't been for, for 2021. It's been for the last no, few no, months. No, not for, yeah. That's, right? So, I like, guess a he's, distinction he's going to show there. for 2022 then. Like oh, for sure, if for, he can, if he can keep this up, if he can keep up this form for this for the latter half of the season, and then again next season, pff, dude, yeah, or or you know, fingers crossed, you're at the World Cup too. Come on, we'll have a real we'll have Ballon d'Or debates then, because if he's he's the best player <laughs> at the best team in Europe, and then he wins international trophy as well, come on, give it to Bernard. Um, the other one is Bruno, and neither of us have Bruno, so maybe we do, maybe we should spend a little bit of time on Bruno explaining why. He doesn't get a shout-out here. To me, he's been an outstanding player. Yeah. But the team hasn't... Neither of his teams have won anything. And you can't... Like, you have to be such an outstanding and record-breaking player in that year Yeah. to deserve to be in the team of the year when you haven't led your team to win anything. And that's that's just it. Right? Like, it's... He hasn't... His teams have not done enough to match his level of importance to them right to warrant a position ahead of anyone else yeah that's very very well said that's exactly it like on the pitch he delivers a lot of goals and assists which are important especially last season he was unbelievable at that yeah um but since then 
it hasn't been the same, right? It's not that his confidence has shook. And it's not even that his output is that terrible this season because he still has like 10 goal involvements in like 18 games, which for a midfielder is still pretty good, but it's not what we expect from him, right? He hasn't had the yeah. same impact and United have been so underwhelming. And when you're not producing like the, the ray of hope that people want him to be, which he was when he first came to the club, it, it's easily to be, you know, it's easy to be forgotten. And combine that with the fact that Portugal and United aren't winning anything, I just, I'm sorry, Bruno, you, you can't be in the team. No, yeah, and I I think he would recognize that as well. Yeah. Like, honestly, just probably being very honest with, like, if, if we're all being honest with ourselves, he doesn't deserve to be in the team. No, and I think you and I can have this intelligent discussion here, but I think there's a lot of United fans who aren't of the same mind who would say, bro, bias is always biased. he has so many more goals than Barella. And I'm like, okay, stop. Like, stop, right? Because it's, <laughs> it's just not the same, right? Now, can we just take a moment to appreciate, if you had a midfield four, anybody, of all of human history, if you had a midfield four of N'Golo Conte, Kevin De Bruyne, Nicola Barella, and Thomas Muller, You'd win everything. You're not going to lose any games. Like, there's no, just no games everything. that you're going to lose. Because that's just unplayable. You're not going to lose a throw-in. You're not going to get a yellow card. Like, you're, you're not going to touch the gonna... ball. They're just going yeah. to... You're, you don't even need... In fact, I'd go so far as to say that if you had these four and a goalie, that's your five-a-side. You could win the Champions <laughs> League with a five-a-side team. Because that's it. The other team isn't touching the Fair ball. Enough. Right? So, between, yeah. between Conte and Barella, that's like six players right there between them. Right? Because they each play for three. By themselves, De Bruyne has the quality of ten men, and Muller can do literally Everything anything, else. literally whatever you need him to do. So You're right. I'm convinced that that five aside team. Let's pick. Let's pick Ederson just for the sake of of ball playing this. That, that five aside team wins the Champions League, wins the World Cup any year, any era, to a thousand years from now, a thousand years ago, doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the greatest like assembly of five that you could ever put together. Sorry, Messi. Sorry, Ronaldo. You guys don't get shots either. <laughs> <laughs> and we can move into our uh, to our attack now. Now I only have two players left. All right, but you I have think options. I know who they are. You got th- you got three. I do have three. I think I know who they are. Now I have two strikers. And I think so. I would and you, because you have three, I would rather that you tell me them as the wingers and then the striker because I mine are okay. just both strikers, right? I think you can guess who my right wing is, and that's Muhammad Salah. Okay, great. 100%. Yep. You can't neglect him. He's and in my team do, too. Hanging, yeah, I, I was going to say, if you do, I'm hanging this up right now. Yeah. And you know how much it pains me to say this because he's a Liverpool player. Yeah. And despite being, you know, my countryman and having the same last name as me, yeah, <laughs> I, know it's, I know it's Salah, but it's Salah Ghali. Yeah. Um, so take that, everybody. It, it pains, yeah, it pains me, to, pains me to say it, but he's on form, probably the best player in the world. For like, how long now? Like, he's been in this absurd run of form for yeah. months and months and months. This is, And every time that we think, well, this is, like, he can't get better than this. He does. Again, and does, again, yeah. and again, and again, and again. I think he's in the best form of his life. And and yeah. honestly, this season, he And he every time that he's in form, we think that he's in the form of his life. And then he gets better. Yeah. And you're like, well, come on, man. And it's no, exhausting it's because he plays for Liverpool. But yeah. I think what I've done with my two, with, with the only two players I have left, I only have room for two more players on my team. I've gone with prolific and consistent. And that's what both these players are, right? When you're constantly grabbing the headlines every single week, you're prolific. And when you're scoring goals, literally every single week, you're consistent. Yeah. Which means your striker and my striker, there's no argument to be had here, has to be Robert Lewandowski, right? Yeah. The man robbed of two Ballon d'Ors. Back-to-back Ballon d'Ors, he should have won. And he's been robbed both times. And. There's, I think he's played, he scored what, like 65 or 69 goals yeah. in, in this 2021. Calendar year. Yeah. 
That's ridiculous. It's absurd. It's Ronaldo numbers. It's like Ronaldo Messi-esque numbers of elite output. And it's so consistent because it's every single week he's scoring goals. <laughs> Literally. And he scored how many goals just in the Bundesliga last year? Like, And they've only played 34 games in a season. And he scored what? Like over 40? In the, just I think in the he se- went um, 18 games back-to-back scoring goals in all of them. I think he went the last four years scoring goals in every single game. I don't remember a time. I cannot remember a game that Lewandowski doesn't score a goal. I can't remember one. And I'm sure you could tell me, no, Nathan, but there's no way he went on a 200-game consistent goal scoring. I'm not saying he did. I'm just not saying he did. But it feels like. Right? I'm just not saying. There's no proof to the contrary. Right? As far as any of us are aware, we're going to say with conviction, Robert Lewandowski (laughs) has scored in every game since 2018. Would Would anybody refute me on that? No, but if you look at his goal-to-game so. ratio in that period, it probably makes sense. Oh, dude, it's at least one-to-one, right? If anything, yeah. it's two-to-one. If anything, this dude scored – he scored 300 domestic goals in the Bundesliga in, in four That's years. Crazy. So he scored – and let's crazy. just do some math here. We're going to do poor math. Poor man's math. That's 75 goals a season. Years. No, no, no. That's what we're doing. We're, we're just four years. Okay. The last four years are all that count. He scored 75 <laughs> goals per season. In the last four years. There's just no arguments to be had here, right? lewandowski <laughs> has been the most lethal striker. And I'll say striker, but he's not just... It's not the only part of his game because he's not just scoring tappets, right? He's just not as deep as I typically classify center forward. So I won't necessarily put him in that bracket. But he does mm-hmm. literally everything going forward. And he's on the end of every Manager's goal. dream. He's a fan's dream. It's everything. Like, literally, you just put the ball in to him, at him towards him near him he'll always get on the end of it and yeah. it'll always go in the back of the net it's you can't when hugh jackman hugh sang the song in the greatest showman about it's everything you ever want it's everything you ever need th- this is who they were talking yeah. about they were talking about lewandowski right and that's just <laughs> that's all there is to it robert lewandowski is without a doubt the number nine in the in the 2021 team of the year no doubt totally. no question yeah for I mean, he scored enough last season to be the striker of the team of the year for the next five years. Oh yeah, exactly. Just, he's banked though. He's just banked yeah. the goals now. We could say just you know long. He after could he's never retired. score another goal again, and and he'd still be <laughs> and still be the greatest striker that we've seen. Yeah, no kidding. You know, we'll have a debate one day about him versus Suarez, prime versus prime. Who you're taking in the team? I know who I'm taking. I don't know, man. It'll the, come as no surprise to you. This is a bit, I mean, this would be a discussion. It, what, if we were to hype up Suarez the same way we just did Lewandowski. We'd, be, we'd have a proper debate. Anyway, that, that's one for another day. Um, so that's my team of the year. I'm out. I have one more Mina player. has one player left. Who one more it? player. And yes, I know he does, it, this is not his position, but he, someone will make it work because he always sacrifices for the team. His 2021 has been outstanding, and it's Karim Benzema. Okay. He's been very, okay. very, very consistent, and he needs to be recognized for that. Yep. He started at, or ended the 21 season. Well, you know what you could do? He plays the center forward when role, and then Lewandowski yeah. and, and Salah are strikers, bro. There you go. You made it work. Exactly. There you it's go. It's inverted 4-3. It's 4-3-3, three, three, um, the five option on FIFA. Does yeah. You remember that one? The center forward. I guess so. That's exactly it. Lewandowski yeah, is the like, left wing slash striker. Played really well with France. I know that they didn't do oh, well yeah. in the Euros, but he, I think he got the most goals for them. Yeah. Just... Shitting goals every after being time. reintroduced to the team for the first time after how long? Right, he had been excluded crazy. from the team for how long? And he's like, no, 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 it's okay. I know how to do he's this. He's been crazy good, and I and I was not one to give him all the credit that he deserves, but it's clear that he absolutely deserves every single one of them. Yeah, 
Kareem Benzema is the number one name on my omissions list, which may sound, which may surprise some who are listening to this and are hearing some pretty big names missing. But um, I think Benzema too. And we can go into the honorable mentions. And I do want to talk about all of them because especially for offensive players, there's a ton of players who you could always make shouts for. But I think, I think you nailed it there. Like, to be honest, um, and Benzema is literally the first name off my bench. So if we're doing like an 18-man squad, yeah, 1,000%, he, he's there. I just decided to play midfield heavy. Um, but listen, as prolific as we look at, you know, we look at Salah and what he's doing and we're like, dude, how is this even possible? Benzema's mm-hmm. doing the same thing. And we just don't see it as much because we all of our eyes typically tend to gravitate towards the Premier League. Yeah. But I watch La Liga and I watch him every single week and I see how freaking good he is. And he's only ever gets better. And it's it's terrifying to see that he's not a player approaching 30, ascending his prime. He's a player ascending, uh, you know, getting towards 33 and 34, who is only getting better each and every week. And I don't know when he's going to let the keys to the Mercedes Benz of a player that he is go to another, to, you know, another prolific player. Vinicius has been outstanding this season too. But Benzema was fantastic last season. Fantastic at the Euros. Fantastic this season. And so, without question, he deserves to be in the team of the year. For balance yeah. sake, I have him on the bench because I think I made a really nicely balanced squad. No, year he, 11 he, is outstanding. Yeah, he, has, he yeah. deserves every shout to be in the team of the year. Totally. No, 100%. So, let's talk about the notable omissions. All right. Neither of us included Messi, which I think will be most people's biggest omission. Why? Which I think you can include him. Like, I don't, I, like, I don't, I don't think you can. I, I don't wouldn't think you can. be. No, I think you can because he's still. He's still got like more than 50 goal involvements last season. He won the Copa America. And yeah, I know he wasn't, you know, the the Argentina's out like, but actually, never mind. He was their most important player. He got the most assists, most goals in the competition. Yeah. And and I think he created the most chances for them in that competition. We're going to exclude the Ballon d'Or because I don't think that was deserved anyway. But he made yeah. this Barcelona team look competent. And that is more than anything else you can say for him. The thing is, is that he had a, a really nice... Okay, so... And I, I don't mean to to, to discredit this because I know how good he is. I know how yeah. obviously good of a player he is. There's no discussion to be had about his quality. I look at it more as if we take a calendar year as 100 and you had 100 yeah. on the first half and a zero on the second half, which is pretty damn close to what it's been, then you, you average out at a 50. Right. Yeah. As the players that I've looked, and that might sound harsh because you can't say Messi had a 50 of a season. I don't think that's fair. But if we look realistically in terms of impact on the pitch, he had a really good second half of the year for Barcelona where he pulled them out of the mud. Fantastic. And he finally won an international trophy um, with at the Copa America. So that's great. 100%. If we were assessing the time period between September the start of last to season, December, though. right? Yeah. September to September, bro. <laughs> Unreal. Again, for a player, his, you know, approaching his age and stuff. Okay, you move to you move to PSG. You've had little to no impact domestically in the Champions League. You've had little to no impact. The team isn't clicking at all, and you are not responsible for any of its success because they're not doing anything great anyway. I know they're top of the league, but it's not because of Messi. It's because it's not because of any anything that he's done, right? So, really, yeah. if I'm averaging this out in terms of your 2021, you haven't had a great 2021. Yeah, that's why I don't have him in the team. Right, me neither. But if other if other people want to say that he's he's achieved more in the beginning of the season than, let's say, Benzema has in terms of trophies, I wouldn't be able to dispute that. I just mm. think in terms of consistency for 2021, Benzema deserves to be in there over anyone else. Yeah, and if we're looking at the attacking <clears throat> options and we're either going to play 4-3-3 or 4-4-2, maybe if you have him as yeah. like... 
a right mid and a flat four four two, okay, then I I guess because then you have four attackers on the pitch, fine. And if you want to tell me he's the fourth best attacker, I guess I won't. And and it works balance wise. Mm-hmm. I guess I won't dispute you on that. And let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's not say, oh well, Team Messi is going to come for us because we didn't criticize Ronaldo. Let's criticize Ronaldo too, right? Ronaldo had what almost fifty yeah. goal involvements as a thirty-six-year-old top scorer in Serie A. Great at thirty-five years old, right? He he made his bit. You know, he was top goal scorer of the Euro as well, right? And then he's top had United how many clutch moments for United since yeah. he arrived there. However, what's the problem? Well, Juve didn't win anything, right? Portugal didn't win anything, and United haven't won anything. So, yes, he's had a he Absolutely. considering his age, a 36 year old scoring north of 45 goals in a season is absurd. But a lot of these players have done absolutely absurd things, and he doesn't want anything, right? So, I can't yeah. just look at open on the pitch. We have to look at what it, what it has meant. And what it has absolutely. meant has not paid off. And you could say, well, United wouldn't be as high up as they were without the, the points that he's delivered them. And I hold my hands up to that. I say, yeah, I know. That's why I have him as the, go, as the greatest player ever. But even the greatest player ever has to have, you know, th- th- these kind of claims that we've made something. for all these other players. It's right. the same. It's the same argument that we have against Bruno. His numbers were great, but he didn't do anything. Right. Right. And sadly, they both play in the same national team, so they both suffer the the fact that Portugal hasn't won anything, yeah. and they both play for Man United right now, and they didn't win anything at, uh, other right. than that. And Juve also didn't win anything. So it, it's it, it's not or anything all about like numbers. super significant, right? Like yeah. they didn't win the league, they didn't win anything in Europe. And, and that's that just it. Yeah. Into the, the Champions League. So no, like by his standards, he doesn't deserve to be in here. Right. Same like Messi. Now, if United were like second right now and he was firing every single week and Portugal reached the semis and Juve had won the league, we might have a different argument. Consider, you know, if he had 45 yeah. goals in that time span, you might be like, yeah, he's been pretty consistent. Even if he right? has the same amount of goals for United, but we was just higher up the table, maybe there's an argument. But right. again, I would I would still say nothing delivered for Juve or Portugal or right. United. So, and none of these things are... people deserve to be in here. Exactly. And that's what it boils down to. Now, the other thing is I have three other names here who I just want to glance over quickly because it looks like they're the elite bunch of the next generation, all of whom had fantastic 2021s. Dusan Flahovic scored more goals in the calendar year than at 21 years old than I think yeah. Ronaldo did in Italy, right? I think Dusan Vlahovic this year had like 32 goals or 34 goals or something like that just I mean, domestic. Ronaldo's stopped playing in Italy in No, 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 <laughs> but I mean Ronaldo's best calendar year in Italy, he had oh, okay. 31 or 32 goals and Vlahovic okay, beat that as a as a 21-year-old, which is fantastic, right? Yeah. I don't think we have to keep repeating the argument as to why it it, has, it hasn't mattered, right? Statistically mm-hmm. that's fantastic and you're going to continue to ascend and build off that and now move on to a better team where maybe those numbers will mean a little bit more, but for now you you deserve an honor, an honorable mention for sure but not necessarily a place ahead of Lewandowski, ahead of Salah, or ahead of Benzema, if you choose mm-hmm. to put Benzema on your team. Um, the other ones are Mbappe and Holland. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing, right? Fantastic individual years, not fantastic trophy years, and therefore uh, you can't be in the team of the year. Sorry, guys. But Does it? honorable mentions all around because you guys are fantastic. Is there any other like honorable mention that I should – have mentioned that I didn't like people who even if don't deserve a spot in the team just deserve to be recognized for what a great year they had. Um, I think in terms like staying with the theme of of young players, I think Bellingham and Foden had great oh, yeah. years, just great years. 
but again, they don't deserve to be in this team just yet, but they will be for the next 10 years. Um, yeah. Like, I don't think either of those, as soon as they get into the team of the year, will be dropping out anytime soon. Same with oh. Mbappe, same with Holland. And if we do like a U21, if we do a U21 slash U23 team of the They're year, both in it. Oh, bro, we'd have we'd yeah. have a hell of a time. We would have yeah. a hell of a time with some of these because a lot of the honorable mentions that we mentioned just today, right? Think Davies, James, um, Foden, Holland, Trent. Hovick, Trent. All these players are all U21s anyway. Right, yeah. so it's like you could easily have an unbelievable U twenty one team of the year, totally. without even mentioning. Uh, you know, those players don't even have to be in the proper team of the year just yet because your time will come. Your time is now, right? You're only get, you guys are on the up, and and the players who are at this level, not all of them are on the down yet, but just hypothetically, right? They've reached the pinnacle. You're ascending, and you're you're beating them on stats. Once these players supersede them with trophies, totally. you know, there's going to be a different argument to be had here. All right, one hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Just a couple more years till that happens. Yeah, maybe even one, right? I guess. Let's see. Let's see, bro. The day Phil Foden gets sixty calendar goal like goals in a calendar year, <sighs> come on, we, we're just gonna have to rename the podcast about <laughs> the Phil Foden show because my God, will that ever be a great day? Anyway, I think that's about it for today. I flew by, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It's probably because the last few weeks been recording like two hour episodes. And this week we're only going to an hour, so it feels like we still have so much more to get through. But but that's it. We did the whole episode. Outstanding, man. I actually really enjoyed this episode for what Me it too, was. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, everybody has had their say on, on a team of the year, but we always save the best for last, and that is our teams of the year. Exactly, bro. If you can't be first, be last, because it's the main event. And that's what we are, right? Our team of the year comes out today on January 17th, next week. Full disclosure, we have a great episode lined up. It was actually supposed to be today's episode. Um, that one comes out on my birthday, which means it'll be recorded a few days in advance. But if you would like to send me some birthday wishes until then, that'd be that'd be really nice. That'd be really nice. <laughs> some birthday cash. You know, no, I'm not even you asking. Know what all would I be amazing? For, all I want is people to listen, bro. That's it. Share all the I show. Want for Nathan's birthday is to for you to go on elmontusesock.com and use TJW10 at your discount. To claim a 10% Bro, let me give you a gift for my birthday. There you go. When you go to elmontyouthsoccer.com, here's my gift to you. Not only this website, which is a gift in and of itself, but I'll give you a promo code to use. TJW10 at checkout. You're going to save yourself even more money. My gift to you is quality jerseys and money back into your pocket. You'll make Nathan very happy on his birthday. That's absolutely right. Thank you for the reminder, Mina. And that is pretty much going to do it for today's episode. If you want to see more from the Jersey Wall podcast, you can follow us at TJW Podcast on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at MasterChef Nay, including on YouTube where you can find special bonus clips of the Jersey Wall podcast and Bro Talk and all the other fun stuff that we do. Follow me on TikTok at MasterChef Nay. That's right. I'm on TikTok now. I do TJW Bites, condensed episodes, well, condensed topics from Jersey Wall episodes. Yeah. Uh, and they're awesome. They blow up big time. So do you dance when you do your, your bits? No, I do not. I just stand in front of this wall. Dance? Hell no, bro. I'm not that kind of TikToker. <laughs> I'm changing the narrative. And it's crazy. You know, somebody actually asked me where I got the jerseys from. They commented on one of the videos. And I oh, said, yeah? you know what? ElmontYouthSoccer.com. There's <laughs> only one place to go. And it's ElmontYouthSoccer.com. Mina, where Brilliant. can we find more from you? You can find me on Instagram at Mina.Golly98. And uh, on Twitter, I'll follow you back if you can find me. Boom. That's got to do it for episode one, two, six of the Jersey Wall podcast. That number just keeps growing. eh? Like, it's crazy that like 
if you record every week, you'll have more episodes every week. (laughs) And then you'll just be, before you know it, you're at freaking 125, 126 episodes. So we have our episodes all the way lined up to 130 right now. So yeah, we're going for you, Joe Rogan. Oh, dude, we're going to cry. And he records every few days. We're just going to be, yeah, we gave him a head start, but we're merciless. I'm the, I'm the only bald man in podcasting worth listening to nowadays. I challenge you, Joe Rogan. No 200 scientists are going to come refute us. Oh, yeah. Young Jamie, I'll pull shit up. Just watch me pull shit up. Bro, we can't you ain't got, you ain't got anymore. nothing on these fast typing. With hands. birthdays coming up, man, there's uh there's no more young. We're gonna have to change like we're gonna be old Nathan and old Mina. Shut up. We're still under 25. We're approaching that Shut age. Up. I'm not having yeah. that. I know, bro. It's, it's such a gap from 23 to 24. Age is it, mentality, it makes me sick to my boys. stomach. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, that only works if you're over 18. Don't yes, use that. For exactly. One thousand percent. That is the asterisks at the bottom of the court. Not even the fine print. The big bold <laughs> letters at the top. Big bold letters. Once you're 18, I'm not responsible for anything else. Then age is just but a number. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We hope you enjoy the show each and every week. Make sure to share the show and follow us on all of our socials. We love you. We thank you so much for checking us out. We will see you next week right here on the Jersey World Podcast, baby. Woo!